1: Welcome to Spirits Podcast, episode 18, South African Rain Queens. Yeah. We're so excited. Oh my God, this episode's <laughs> going to be so good. You know us, we love a good, strong, matriarchal mythology. I know, Arazuli, who will my love be? Oh. My love is destroying the patriarchy. Anyway, we would love to welcome all our new listeners again, and to thank a few of you who have tweeted at us and sent us fan art. God, we love fan art. We really love fan art, Fan art, art guys. is so good. We just want to plaster our walls with your fan art. It's know, so nice. I know, I know. And I have an apartment that's bigger than... Than one room now, so I have even more walls to put it on. Um, so shout outs to Carolyn McGuire, Ricky Spanish, Sophia. Haley Thomas, Marty Williams, Todd Faulkner for the super, super sweet shout out on his own podcast. Brian Guevara, Moshi, and Zach Karloff-Illig for the Selkie and Kelby fan art. The Selkies had great teeth. Oh my gosh, Um, I was so pumped. We're going to put it on our Facebook page. So mm -hmm. find us over there at Spirits Podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, on Patreon, all the places. If you guys love the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other people find spirits and creates more spiriters and more drunken mythology for us
0: to share. And who wouldn't want to live in that
1: world? Everyone
0: does.
1: Without further ado, enjoy Spirits Podcast episode 18, South African Rain Queens. Amanda, as you know, I'm a big comic book fan. You are. You are the biggest comic book fan. You're on a first name basis with several comic book shops. That's true. I am. I frequent a lot of comic book shops. I started reading comics when I was about eight years old. Yep. Um, My favorite comics were the comics that got me into comics were the X-Men. Yes. Do you know any X Men, Amanda? Uh, okay, I'm ready. All right, let's do Halle this. Halle Berry is an X Men. Yes, Halle Berry is an X Men. Do you know her character's name? I think I, I want to say Frosted Tips, but I know that it's in fact Storm. Frosted Tips. <laughs> she has no white one hair. She have a code name called. She has Frosted white hair. She might, anyway, moving on. Moving on. There's a uh, bald one in a wheelchair. There is Michael Fassbender. <laughs> there is. It doesn't count if you're just naming the actors. <laughs> no, no, no. There's the big. Isn't there the big like craggly orange one? That's not an X-Men. Okay. That's the thing. That's a Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Ooh, good job. They're from some other franchise, I suppose. The oh, Fantastic are they from Four? Marvel, but like, they don't have the rights to yes. it? Okay, cool. Uh, like Sony or Paramount yeah. owns them. And then there's uh, Jennifer Lawrence, who is blue. That's all I know. Okay. You actually kind of hit the nail on the head with your first one there, okay. which I'm pretty impressed by. One of my favorite characters can I, I up. Can't, I can't pass up Halle Berry in a leather catsuit, so, know. you know. Well, okay. Um cat suit was a different one she was Catwoman in one movie no no i know but she has like a blue like very tight jumpsuit in one of them anyway so her character was storm yes storm uh could control the weather yes rocked a mohawk for like a solid 20 years in the comics like long mohawk yeah super super oh the long mohawk an even stronger choice than the normal mohawk and has a super interesting backstory tell me all about it so Storm was born of a African woman. In the comics, it's she's from a fictional land called Wakanda, yep. which is the same country that Black, Black Panther. Panther rules. Kay. Yes. And her mother meets a photographer, reporter, one of those things. Yep. Uh, he's American. Okay. They get together. They have Storm. Nice. They both die in an earthquake, Oh, which is kind of sad. But like tragic backstory obligatory for of an ex-man. Storm is orphaned, goes yep. Wanders off into the, the wilderness. Wakandan forests. Yes. Gets brought into a village who realize she has powers. Nice. And her powers are to control the weather. That's like sort of when like an adopted child is also a piano prodigy. And you're like, wow, parents. They're <laughs> like, wait to, like good wait choice. Way to choose the super talented one. So Storm goes to this village. She has powers. She helps their crops grow. She makes it rain Good for guy them. Storm. Nice. Storm's the best. They end up worshipping her as a goddess. Why would you not? Why would you well, not? Well, because she's fantastic. She flies around with the wind and brings rain. And like walked into their village like a foundling. And is 100% gorgeous when she's an adult. Obvi. But, Amanda. What? Did you know that there's historical significance to Storm's backstory? Yes! Making it even better. In South Africa, yep. there is a matriarchal queendom okay. known as the Mojajis. Currently or historically? Both. Dope. They are known as the Rain Queens. And do you know why they're called Rain Queens? Uh, do they have theology around gods that control rain? Sort of. Okay. The people who worship the, um... Rain queens yep. specifically believe that the rain queens can bring rain to their area, to their and kingdom. are the Mujaji themselves rain queens, or do they follow rain queens? No, the Mujaji are the rain queens. Amazing. So there's just some Amaze. beautiful queens that are, you know, come through time. Yep. And bring rain every season. Again, such a human tradition to to worship, to think about, to try to control the weather. I love that this is specifically, uh, you know, theologically like a woman who controls the rain because amazing. It's fantastic. Um, so the Mujaji are the queens of the, again, pronunciation is not my thing. I'm We're trying. sorry. We're trying. Balubedu. And they're the people of the Limpopo province in South Africa. Awesome. So the title is Matriarchal. Um, The throne is passed down from the eldest daughter, and no males can inherit the title at all. Uh, You know I like that. I know. You're looking at me with a smile on your face, (laughs) a special smile, because I I like that a lot. Um, So she specifically is able to control clouds and rainfall, but uh, interestingly, uh, different Mujaji... Have specialties in certain areas, like this one's very good at mist and whatnot. Really, and like, are those inherited as well, or sort of like as you kind of see the up and coming generation, like you sort of realize talents in some of them. um I think it's more; it's always the eldest daughter, okay. so I think it's like she inherits the title genetically. Supposedly, genetically, yeah, yeah, uh, she has the powers. The when she becomes the Mujaji makes sense. Makes sense in the X Men universe too. Mm-hmm. So the way that the lineage for the Mujaji got started is a little complicated so bear Mm -hmm. with me it also has a little bit of incest in it which you know we talked about incest in greek mythology we did it's not weird less of a right not a thing and for the mujaji it's not like a thing that they're practicing often but it's what gives her these special powers and like again harry potter reference here like there is some you know amount of like power concentrated in the blood, power concentrated in the lineage, mm-hmm. and so, like, again, in the Greek case, maybe in this case, you know, it, it makes a certain amount of sense to, like, you know, just sort of chemically, mm-hmm. like, keep those things as concentrated as possible. This is, like, a special circumstance. Interesting. It's not something that they practice regularly. Whereas in the Greeks, it was like, like, the kind of standard, like, you know, mother-father-child mm-hmm. things, like, the, those weren't as established Right, but only on for the gods. the gods. Exactly. Not for mortals. Yeah, and this- here, there's, like, special circumstances where this is practiced. Exactly. Okay. In the story, this dates back to the first Mujajis uh, dated back to the 16th century. Okay. So there's a daughter of a chieftain whose name is Zugandini. In the story, she's either impregnated by her brother or by her father. Okay. Because the gods tell the father that uh, she will gain rainmaking powers, which is a coveted gift for this dry right. region. Right. And she will bear a child who will be the first Mujaji. Okay, and so did the like did the whole family sort of say like I guess this is what's happening now like post Yeah, I think the father was just like alright, I guess, I mean, the gods are telling me I have to do this, this is what I'm gonna do. Like, kind of the um, Abraham on the mount sacrificing Isaac? Yeah, Uh, you're the scholar here. Probably. (laughs) Um, Either way, Zugandini is held responsible for the actions of her father and brother, and is shunned from the village. Like, shitty victim-blaming. Classic, you know, historical men (laughs) blaming the victim. Right. Which, I guess, the village probably either turned on her brother and father, or either way, she just was was like, why didn't you stop them? That sort of thing, which is terrible and awful. Yeah, and we like, I mean, I that. guess there's, you know, there's like a visible, there's visible evidence of of the act, and like that yeah. happens to be, you know, the woman's body. Yeah. Zukandini is a smart girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gathers up followers as she leaves the village awesome. um, and establishes what would become the kingdom of Balubedu. So it's sort of like, I'm trying to think of the specific movie, but where you, like, you stand up in the lunchroom and, like, the bullies make fun of you. And so you start walking out and everyone's like, I'm with you and, like, follows you out of the lunchroom. It's kind of very, like, uh, I am Spartacus. Right, right. Which is cool. Only better because it's African women. Yes. (laughs) Um, So she establishes this village. She gives birth to a son who becomes, like, a male leader called a Mugudu. Mm Mm-hmm. As the Magudu leads, this is not a peaceful time though. Okay, she dies. He's leading. It's not really good. There's a Mm, bunch of sort of Prophet Muhammad situation. Yeah. So there's a bunch of rivalries between the different families. (laughs) Um, So in order to continue the dynasty, yeah, the matrilineal line. Yeah. The Magudu impregnates his own daughter. Um, Like the first one. And then the daughter becomes the first Mojaji, which means ruler of the day. Nice. But is also the same term used for the rain queen. So sort of like the, the body in which the ruler you know, is instantiated yes. for the moment, for the, for the lifetime. And so she, out of all of the line, is the first to show the rainmaking gift. So interesting. It is super, super cool. The interesting thing about this is that the line has been maintained until June 2005. Oh God, what happened in June 2005? We'll talk about it in a second. The cliffhanger? Yes. Ah. Um, so there's a bunch of different customs that the rain queen kind of has to be involved in. Okay. The rain queen has to shun public functions. And can only communicate- Like a Supreme Court justice, like the other Queen of America, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> oh, Queen. Notorious RBG. Yeah, again, like sits in the front row of the State of the Union, can't clap because they're impartial. So, shown public functions, can only communicate with her people through male consulars, which is not great, but like still- the worker bees. Yes. Sure. <laughs> I like that. I like yeah, that analogy. yeah. They have to have a place- but it's not the highest place. <laughs> <laughs> um, every November, she presides over the annual rainmaking ceremony. Cool. Post-harvest. Classic. Yes. Yeah. And just, you know, it's a ceremony where she invites the rain to the thing. Uh, there's also a whole thing with when the baby is born, if it rains that day, they're going to have like special powers <gasps> versus cool. versus like a traditional rainmaker. And wait, mm-hmm. I guess in South Africa, that would be springtime, November. Yes. Going into, yes. into summer. Which I guess it would rain more then. So that makes sense. Yeah, or like post-planting season, you know, you want the the rain to make the earth fertile. That makes sense. The rain queen never marries, but Mm -hmm. she has many wives, which like, it's not really... Spouses, it's more like ladies in waiting or servants. Nice, uh, they're sent from the villages in the kingdom to help serve her as sort of like a form of diplomacy, which like mm-hmm. announces, "Oh, I'm I'm loyal to the queen." Right, let me send right. this cute lady to go live with her. Yeah, and the so r- I guess if she if she doesn't marry and she doesn't have children, right? She does have children. She does have children. I'll explain her. that. Oh, in a second. all right, I'm gonna ahead of myself. Okay. The Rain Queen maintains a lush garden. That surrounds her royal compound. Makes sense. Of course. It would be kind of suspicious if the rain queen lived in a desert. Well, it's supposed (laughs) to be a reflection of her amazing rain powers. Actually, scientists have kind of, like, observed this, and they believe that the compound and that part of the kingdom are built on a rain belt, so the area has active rain due to the hot air and the humidity of the region. But, like, who's to say the rain queen didn't pick that region because of that? Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you were an ocean queen, you would live in the ocean, right? Like, you you go to the place where you're kind of most at home and most immersed right. in the thing that is your thing. Interestingly, there's the world's largest cicade trees, which I had to, like, Google and look at it. They're, like, these big... Like spindly looking trees that, I don't know, look like they would grow in the desert, but grow really well. Like palm style? Sort palm of. style. Interestingly, so this species of tree is actually named after her. Hmm. Which is really cool. Like there's it's the oldest tree like that in the country that they found. The individual tree. Yes. That individual tree that grows on her compound. So so they gave the scientific name for it and named it after the majority. I love when that happens. Isn't that awesome? I love when that happens. It's so so cool. That would be a very romantic gift. Right, yeah. like naming a scientific thing after a loved one, not a stars. Whatever, there's there's oh, no, uncountable trillions cool. of them. Yeah, but like maybe it's already dead. But there's also like a thousand or oh, millions of different kinds of like bugs and stuff. So the likelihood that you're going to be named after a bug if you're dating, yeah, a but like, but like. Species on Earth are way more finite than stars in the sky. All right. I'm just saying, if I had to choose between a biologist and an astronomer to give me like a grand romantic romantic gesture, it would definitely be like a super cute like beetle or moth that I can mount in a shadow box and put in my house. Sidebar, they just named a uh, insect after President Obama. Really? Yeah, you have to Google it. It's super, super cool. Hold on, hold on, we're Googling it. Oh my god, there's a Wikipedia page list of things named after Barack Obama. Oh my god, I'm That's so sorry. The there's also a list of organisms named after famous people, which is way less interesting. Yes, no, the things named after Barack Obama. Ah, there it is. Oh, it's not a insect, it is... It is a turtle parasite. Turtle oh. parasite, that was it. Which I guess, like, is not super flattering. Barack Trima Obamai is a newly named turtle parasite and the scientist who discovered it is president obama's cousin oh cousin twice removed from the the journal of parasitology oh cool cool, this has been a fertile sidebar (laughs) i would not like my future scientist spouse to name a flatworm after me to be be clear bit of a pain to be clear i want a multicellular non-parasitic organism please so african culture actually has a lot of respect for the rain queen Mm -hmm. you would think you know Given the modern sensibilities that we have now, supposedly, um, you would think that we would kind of frown upon like, oh, this woman makes it rain. And scientists are like, "Uh, no, she doesn't. Right. Like there's a kind of modern skepticism to sort of deities and rituals that are tied to like things that we can now explain with science in some ways. Then again, we also have Groundhog's Day. So we do, we do. So we really are not ones to talk whatsoever. (laughs) We literally forecast the seasons with the emergence of a small rodent from the ground. But interestingly, so the fifth rain queen actually maintained diplomatic relations with Nelson Mandela. Amazing. The King Shaka Zulu uh, sent emissaries to ask for her blessings. Awesome. Leaders in surrounding kingdoms attempt to avoid conflict with the region, kind of in deference of the position. Sure. Like the Rain Queen will probably take our reign away if we're not nice to her. Yeah, so or we just like, hey, this is an important function for our region and our continent, so let's not. <laughs> the Rain Queen actually brings in a lot of tourist attraction. Huh. So much tourist attraction that the South African government offered a government civil list. Um, Um, which basically gives them a stipend paid by the government to help defray the cost of like preserving her garden. Sure. Which is great. A a historical, not just a relic, but like a place of cultural and historical significance. Which, you know, good on the South African government for sending them money. Good decisions, y'all. In the 21st Um, century anyway. So going back to the kind of lineage of things, Mm -hmm. um, in order to maintain the lineage and dynastic status of the Rain Queen, um... Her council basically picks people she can mate with, Mm -hmm. um, and they're chosen by the royal council. The rain queen is not expected to remain exclusive to these partners, Great, uh, so long as they don't conceive a child with partners that aren't approved. I see. So does she, like, make these choices in collaboration with her council? Kinda, basically. So, I mean, right, like, in some ways her her lineage is uh, not quite a commodity, but, like, it's an important kind of political decision. Right. And they um, they tend to pick men who are part of the dynastic line already, who have a certain yeah. amount of royalty like all within of them. of politics before the 18th century. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but they maintain that just so that they can make sure that the next rain queen is right. pure and a real rain queen. Yeah. And not another orphan walking in from the jungle. <laughs> like Storm. Storm would be an awesome rain queen, though. God. Or Halle Berry. (laughs) There's this kind of rumor. I I couldn't find out if this was actually legitimate or not. Yeah. Um, But rain queens were said to know when they were near death, and so they would ingest poison through ritual suicide in order to allow the next in line to take over. Again, I'm not sure how Mm -hmm. legit that is, but um, that was from like some dude, some European who was visiting the kingdom in the Early 1800s. So you know how we were talking about how the last rain queen was in 2005? Yes. So that's when she died in 2005. Okay. Um, she only served for two years and she died when she she was 27, 27. (gasps) She was said to have the ability to control clouds and rivers. Like I said, specific rain Queens have specific control over stuff. So she's like cloud and river girl. She was cloud and river girl. Yeah. She actually, there was a lot of controversy surrounding her death for a couple reasons. First is she died from an undisclosed illness, mm. um, which was later listed as meningitis. Ha! Huh. Except when she was in the hospital after she died, someone set fire to her coffin. Which makes people Whoa. think there's a little bit of foul play in there, right? Yeah, like that's sketchy. Classic: destroy the body before they can perform an autopsy. Mm-hmm. If CSI and uh, Criminal Minds have taught me anything, mm-hmm. it's that you dissolve the body in acid to uh, remove traces of foul play. There you go. Um, they did not do that. They decided to set it set fire on fire. Some yeah. person in the hospital saw it, stopped wow. it from happening. Really, and that's intense. Yeah, she has two children. A son and a daughter. Nice. Um pre twenty seven. That was a, a great life. However, both of these kids were fathered by a commoner who was not chosen by the royal council. Oh she damn. had like a boyfriend. Wow. Um, I wish she stuck around. She sounds awesome. Well, so she was really disliked by the Royal Council. Like, she didn't want to be Rain Queen. She didn't do the, like, hiding from public sort of thing. Um, She walked around in jeans, like, would go to the nearby disco, had a cell phone, had a boyfriend. She sounds like like the Prince Harry of South Africa, only better. She's like the modern Jasmine from Disney. She sounds great. Yes. But she's dead now. I know, Julie. You don't have to rub it in. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot of issues, mostly due to the fact that she didn't leave behind a viable heir. Yeah. Um, There's been a lot of infighting over who will take over the throne. It's really complicated to kind of go into because there's a bunch of warring factions and stuff like that. But if you're interested, you can actually Google Rain Queen Succession and there's a whole bunch Uh of articles and stuff. So fascinating. There's been a recent update, but it's not super verified yet, I guess. Okay. The secession has supposedly been verified. Huh. 11-year-old Masalanabo... Mojaji, because she gets the Mojaji title. Nice. Um, She'll be crowned when she's 18. She's 11 now. She will also be the first queen to be officially recognized by the South African government as royalty, rather than just a figurehead. Shit. Yeah. So that's That's pretty fucking cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I like that they don't like thrust this upon her when she's 11. (laughs) Like she's allowed to hang out a little bit. Now the royal council is kind of chilling with her for a while, and they're just gonna wait until she's 18, then they're gonna crown her. I hope that's true. Yeah. Sounds fascinating. So we'll have to wait seven years. We'll, we'll update you in seven years. (laughs) What's up with the new episode four hundred and (laughs) eighteen Mujaji update. Yeah. So it's really interesting. It's a lineage that has kind of continued on over the past, uh, 400, 500 years, which is fantastic. Yeah. 500 ish. Yeah. That's amazing. I, and I, I love that this is a, you know, something that persists to the current day. We'll often hear of like Badass deities mm-hmm. and you know great ceremonies that have been lost over time to conquering nations or to you know missionaries from other religions. That the rest of it kind of had to die out in mm-hmm. order to preserve the people's safety. Um, but I I love that this still exists and that shit she's she's a uh, you know recognized royalty. Yeah, now. isn't that so cool? That is so cool. It's like a cute little eleven year old who probably can control like mist and puddles. <laughs> Oh it's man. That adorable. That would be great if you sort of like grew over time where like at first you can kind of like stop the leaking faucet or like bring the glass of water nearer to you. And then over time it's like, oh man, she's graduated to the to the mist. Some legit hydrokinesis and stuff in there. Hydrokinesis? Mm-hmm. What a word. Yes. Mm, Halle Berry's Mohawk. <laughs> Spirits was created by Julia Shafini and me, Amanda McLaughlin. It's edited by Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Subscribe to Spirits on your preferred podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr at Spirits Podcast on our patreon page patreon.com spiritspodcast you can sign up for exclusive content like behind the scenes photos audio extras director's commentary blooper reels and beautiful recipe cards with custom drink and snack pairings if you like the show please share with your friends and leave us a review on itunes it really does help thank you so much for listening till next time